We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, how are you doing today? It's a juicy Monday as we roll into this week. Happy President's Day, everybody. See, I forgot all about that. And I was I had a doctor's appointment this morning and someone mentioned um, Happy President's Day. I heard somebody say that and I was like, oh, yeah, Vince is sitting at home today. (laughs) Yes, I was. So good for you and anyone else who got to sit home today. I didn't prevent this this should have been this this like I still think they should just go ahead and coincide President's Day with the day after the Super Bowl. That would at least give a lot of people the day after the Super Bowl off that they so desperately seek. Well, if they keep expanding, you know, the NFL season, that's exactly what's going to happen because, you know, the Super Bowl just get pushed back a week and here we are. But, yeah, you know, it, it didn't prevent me from having to drive all over creation, taking my kids to friends' houses and to, you know, uh, whatever the trampoline place and, you know, all of these different places, you know. So I was, you know, a chauffeur today. So I didn't get out of that duty. So there, you know, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we started the week with an 11 a.m. press conference today. Marcus Freeman, Jared Parker. And we're going to get into that quite a bit as Freeman announced Parker as Notre Dame's new offensive coordinator. Uh, at a press conference at Notre Dame Stadium today, we've got a lot of uh, sound bites from Marcus Freeman that we're going to play today. I'm going to kind of save, we're going to do a sort of separately since it's two different entities. You've got the head coach talking, you've got the offensive coordinator talking, actually almost twice as long or right around twice as long after Marcus Freeman spoke, which I thought was was good. They kind of let the he's questions a talker. keep coming. Yeah, he's a talker. And Self-proclaimed, he's, by the way. He's not quite at Brian Mason pace, but <laughs> he's got a pace to him, you know? And with that, with that southern accent and everything, you know, it it kind of it kind of zings along there mm-hmm. a little bit. And I was listening back again, you know, to some of the stuff that he was saying afterwards. But we'll save some of Jared Parker's stuff for tomorrow. We'll, we'll talk more about things that Marcus Freeman said today. Uh, go ahead and hit that like button if you would, and you know, just be like DJ. He said he hit the like button and he's going to let it play on his phone to give view credit. Have a great evening everyone so dj can't even watch it sounds like but he's gonna you know he hit the like button take it and he's just letting it play on his phone while he's while he's off you know working or driving or playing tiddlywinks or whatever it is thank you dj appreciate that yeah (laughs) by the way 
Speaking of viewers, when I was in Pittsburgh yesterday with Notre Dame women's basketball, we were walking in the Peterson Event Center, and there's a couple sitting a few rows, you know, behind where Notre Dame's bench was. They were like two of the only fans already in the arena at mm-hmm. that point. And so I I go and I, you know, I'm I'm there at press row getting ready to set my stuff up. And this this guy comes up and he goes, You look like that guy I watch on Rapid Fire. <laughs> Exactly like him. Actually. And I said, yeah, that's me. Uh, Joe from West Virginia. So uh, nice. hello to Joe and his wife from West Virginia. Thanks for stopping by today. And it turned out to be a good game yesterday. Oh, so that very was, glad about that. If you, if you base well, it off good of game, the, good result for Notre Dame. Good result. I mean, look, if you if you look at it from the way it went down the first time they met, was it like a six-point win for Notre Dame? It was. And the way it went this time, which is like a 30-point win or whatever it ended up being, like it was – it was over before it started. Like it was over in the first quarter. Like that game yeah. was over. So it was. <laughs> it was astounding. Just, just it. It was just thorough beat down from start to finish. I think it was forty to sixteen at halftime or something it was like that. Nuts. It was nuts. And I realize Pitt only has three conference wins, and they, they they should get beat like that by a team like Notre Dame. But the fact that Notre Dame struggled with them the first time around, that I mean, that shows well, a lot of progress. And it's much more concerning struggling with them the first time around when you win by only six points on your home floor. Right. Because of what you just said, the fact that they only have three conference wins, the other side of that is all three of those wins had come in their previous four games with the loss yeah. being the six-point loss to Notre Dame. They'd actually been on a little bit of a roll hmm. as of late. Not that they had beaten a bunch of great teams, but still, when you start off 0-11 in ACC play and you proceed to win – Three of your next four, with the only loss being a six-point loss on the road against the number ten team in the country, you're playing a little bit better. But yeah, they looked good. a lot worse yesterday. Woo, man! But I will say, I will say this: I kind of like Pitt's color schemes these days. I, I like do. the old school, man. I like I- it a lot more because I was thinking, you know, like the last time, you know, my first stint doing it, they still had the basically the Notre Dame color yes. scheme being in that arena, and it's just. It, it to me, it was just like very generic mm-hmm. looking, and I just think the colors have brought kind of a, a different life. Yeah, to Pitt. Obviously, it's not just basketball, but you know all of all of their sports. I think it's brought a different life to Pitt over the last few years since they switched back to the old school Dan Marino, Tony Dorsett days. I like it. I, I dig the color scheme. I dig the pan, the new Panther logo that they've got. You know, when they're in that old school color scheme, I. I know it's not popular to to like you know another team or whatever, but I like their color schemes and their uniforms, man. I yep. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, one girl, you know, it was senior day yesterday, and I think they, it was either five or six seniors they had, and they do something pretty cool where they, in their ceremony, they gave each player a framed jersey with the picture of them also inside the frame. But apparently, they got to pick: do you want the home jersey or the white jersey? Because no. Almost all of them took the home white jerseys, but one girl took the blue oh, want, road jerseys, I and I blue. think those are the sharpest looking ones. I want the blue all day long. Yeah. yeah. All day long. Well, let's get into some Notre Dame football talk. How about that? Let's put the pit <laughs> losing women's basketball I mean, fair. behind us. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Now, the one good thing about President's Day is I was able to actually watch the press conference Mm -hmm. live and you know for actually formulate some opinions you know in real time which was not something that i normally get an opportunity to do so i was pretty happy about that yeah yeah so again we're going to uh i'm curious by the way because somebody posted this question how many others on here listen to the presser today good Mm. question from ted little straw poll like yeah watched the press conference today especially with the holiday Right. And I wasn't really uh, paying attention to the viewership. I, I did, I did hide the chat because uh, I was watching it on YouTube because the zoom link didn't work. And so I was watching it on YouTube. And I was like, I can't handle some of the fans out there and some of their comments. So I hid the chat. I made it full screen so that I, I didn't see how many people were watching. I, you know, it was just the press conference you know, I went about my business. I was, you know, shaving, things like that. But, like, it was a very interesting press conference from many, many angles, Sean. I, know I thought we're so, too. Into it, but it I was, thought so, too. It wasn't just your run-of-the-mill press conference. Let's put it that way. No. And, by the way, hit the like button if you would. Subscribe, rate, review, and uh, leave us a comment on your podcast platforms and all that. Some of the comments from Marcus Freeman we're going to save for rapid fire. We've got a few that we'll play in this segment, though. And again, we're saving Jared Parker for tomorrow. Um, but since we're not going to play Parker's comments, how did he come off to you after listening to him speak for roughly 30 minutes or so today? So I'll be honest. I have never heard him speak, period. Um, he's not somebody that, you know, I, I think maybe he's talked to the media a couple of times. Maybe I know that that's really more your beat than it is mine. Obviously he's not coming out in the post game and, and, and talking and doing all of that stuff. He certainly wasn't one of the coordinators, so he wasn't coming out once a week, things like that. So this is the first time I've ever actually heard him talk. Uh, didn't realize he had a Southern accent, which there's, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that there's Brian Kelly jokes in there someplace but I'll let those go. I was actually, my takeaway, you know, not, I have to put this out there. So not thinking about everything <laughs> That's else. Why we're here, Vince. We're I here know. for you to put this out there. So I know, put it out I there. Know, I know. So 
not thinking about the process, you know, anything else that could have happened, should have happened, whatever, right? Just walking into this press conference knowing that he's going to be the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, what is my opinion? You know what I mean? So from that standpoint, I was pretty impressed. I, I And for a couple of reasons. Number one, he was very specific about we're not, you know, you don't have to know the whole playbook. We'll take no stuff out. Yeah. If the, if the kids don't get it, we're taking it out. You know, it's about the step-by-step process. It's building on the foundation that they already have. Uh, you know, it's about, uh, you know, he's been in multitude of different offenses over his career. That stood out to me. And he talked about the fact that, yes, they're going to be pro style, but they're going to have little bits and pieces of everything that he's learned. And that's what you want when now, you are. A, go ahead. Now, you can finish the thought, but that's the part that scares me a little bit. Okay. Just, because it reminds me a little bit of Tommy Reese, like all these bits and pieces from all these different guys. And I realize as a coach over the course of your career and, you know, whatever career you happen to be in, if you stay in the same field or even if you switch fields, you're going to take bits and pieces that you learn along the way. And, you know, hopefully if you're evolving and, and all that kind of stuff, you're going to learn from them and, and, and use them. But like to me, that scares me a little bit. Like when you hear, you know, because it was just last year we heard about it. How Tommy Reese watched every NFL well, game from a course of a season. See, and, here, and watching see, his offense, it felt like he was trying to incorporate. I'm going to push back on that big time because the only offenses he's ever been around is pro style offense. Period. Look at look at his playing career. Look at his coaching career. It's all he's ever been around. He hasn't been around the run and shoot. And all of these different, like all the different things that Parker's been around, he hasn't been around that. If he studied every offense in the NFL, he studied a bunch of pro style offenses. Like that doesn't, that doesn't impress me. And no, it didn't I get the time that. But like we're we're still in the phase of the Jared Parker offense where we we still really have no idea what it looks like. All all that we know about Agreed. it is it's going to be pro style and and. Jared Parker is going to be calling most of the shots. It sound like, but there's also going to be, you know, it's, you know, like there's there's going to be, you know, collaboration was kind of one of his key sure. words today. That you know, collaboration, you know, from the assistants and ownership and and all those kind of things. So, yeah, you're you know you're right. All that Tommy Reese knew is pro style, and and Jared Parker has all this other background with bits and pieces from everybody else. But we haven't seen it applied practically yet. We and haven't, that's, and that's going to be you know, a huge question mark, obviously. You can, until we, we, we because October. again, like the thing that we know about Tommy Reese is the guy knew a lot. Jared Parker knows a lot. We I think we both felt like Tommy Reese maybe tried to do too much. You know, like jack of all trades, master of none when it came to a specific what they were going to do offensively. I don't think Jared Parker's going to be that way. He, To me, he won the press conference today. He did. As we've, we've talked about before, and you can apply this to any coach, winning the press conference is largely irrelevant. <laughs> you know, it's Absolutely. like, Absolutely. that's not the day you want to be a champion. And, you know, you can, you can go to, uh, what's his name in Philadelphia? Why, is, why am I drawing a blank? I can see his crazy eyes right now, but <laughs> Johnson. He that his name. Are no, talking about he, the quarterbacks coach. No, I'm talking about the head coach. Oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking he, about. He totally lost the press conference, but he had, you know, obviously he had Took him, him to in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I 
I guess. No, not Adam Cage or not Adam Gase either. <laughs> I, I guess my thing is he's got more experience than Tommy Reese Sirianni, ever had. Nick Sirianni, sorry. He has more experience than Tommy Reese ever had. He's coming at this from a different perspective. I don't believe that Jared Parker is going to be learning on the job like Tommy Reese was. That's where I – now, does he have the most experience of anybody that was interviewed? No. He's the least experienced of the, all the guys that they interviewed, but he still has more experience than Tommy Reese does. So, you know, you could weigh that however you want. That could be a positive. That could be a negative, depending on how it works out. But the things that he was saying about the fundamentals and about, you know, getting the right guys on the field and, you know, not overwhelming these guys and all of those different things, th- that that gets me excited about where this offense could go. Because at a certain point, you just have to allow you have to allow the athletes to play. You have to yeah. allow them to be athletes, and that hasn't happened at Notre Dame in twelve years. No, I mean, and and that's for sure. I guess I just need to see it implemented because, again, it's it's one thing to stand up there and say that. And I mean, he had an answer for everything, a detailed answer for yeah. everything. There was no beating around the bush, and you know, he accepted some responsibility for you know some of his past and talked sure. about learning from it and you know, all those different kind of things. But, you know, along the lines of what you're talking about, he talked about playing to the strengths of of the personnel that you have. And part of that goes to what you were talking about with, okay, maybe you, you know, maybe you thin the playbook for certain guys if you're going to get some guys on the field in, in, rather than cramming the whole playbook down their throat. Because I think I think both coordinators kind of had that in them last year. Oh, sure. So I, I think there's, I think especially at the college level, there's there's something to be said for that you shouldn't you shouldn't have to know if you're talented enough especially I think I think more so on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball because defense you blow an assignment you know then you could be talking about a 90 yard touchdown but I think that you shouldn't have to know everything offensively if you're talented enough to get on the field and be able to use your skills to help out even if it's 10 15 plays a game well, one of the things that I talked to somebody who's had kind of an X's and O's conversation with Jared Parker before, and he told me that Jared Parker is not a perfect play guy. He's a fundamental guy. And that's a complete opposite from where Tommy Reese was. He always had to have right. the kids in a perfect play, you know, which is why those guys had to know the entire playbook because you never knew what the perfect play was going to be against the perfect defense. And so that's why they were doing the scan and they were doing all of those different things. That part intrigues me at the very least that that he's not a perfect play guy he's a fundamental guy you know so that part is exciting you know how will that translate we don't know like that is a huge question mark it's something we're all going to be looking at when we go and watch practice in march right and into april i don't know what that looks like we're really not even gonna know until they play ohio state i mean let's be honest You, you can just roll the ball out there for the first few opponents you can be as vanilla as you need to be probably still going to win those games what's it going to look like in the big games that's where i think we're going to find an idea of where you know jared parker is with his offense with you know the kids understanding of the offense and all of that and we'll we'll get a good idea of what his identity is going to be yeah it doesn't matter what we know between now and september all that's going to matter is the product that rolls on the field in september because as he said the expectations are very high and there's going to be a lot of pressure to perform. So no one's going to be forgiving 
at this point because everyone went through the growing pains with a first-year head coach last year. And the yeah. last thing people want to have to do, especially when you're bringing in uh, you know, a sixth-year quarterback with all this experience, True. the last thing anybody wants to hear is growing pains. There are no yeah. excuses for growing pains at this point. It's put up or shut up, get on the field and execute, and you better win a couple of those big games and not blow any of the games that you're supposed right. to win. Right. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And there, and you know, they, he talked about, Hey, we got to find a way to score points. Like, I don't remember the last time an offensive coordinator was like, we need to score more points than we did last year. You know, there, there's certain things well, we need to do. And what I liked about that was and the next year, we're going to need to score even more points and right. the next year and the next year, the goal is always going to be to keep raising the bar every year. Crazy. I, I definitely liked hearing that. I'm glad crazy you thoughts. Right. Crazy thoughts. (laughs) Score more points. Okay. Right. That's right. Okay. So as for Marcus Freeman, let's hear some of his comments today because he talked about the criteria that he laid out for the job. And you and I were texting earlier today, and I thought that this was an interesting response given what the result ended up being. So let's hear what Marcus Freeman said were the criteria for this offensive coordinator hire had a criteria and a vision for when this process started of what I was looking for. I wanted to see on film a pro-style type offense. What does that mean? It's multiple, multiple formations, multiple personnels, pro-style type concepts in the pass game, multiple running schemes. Um, but there, it is not just one thing that you're looking for right is is multiple different things that i feel will help our guys translate as they move forward to the nfl and so when i say pro style type offense that's what i was talking about and the criteria was we wanted to search nationwide and we wanted to see an offense display right i wanted to see a coordinator call it i want to see somebody run it at a high success rate and that's the criteria i had when i was looking for this offense coordinator so what do you think, Vince? Did the uh, criteria match the ultimate outcome of this search? No. Like, <laughs> the, the short answer is no. I, I when, when the question was asked, I don't even know if it was a question or if that was his opening statement. I can't remember. but I think it was he, part of his opening statement. Okay. So we started going through the criteria, and it was like, okay, I need to see an offense that is called correctly. I need to see an offense that has this, that, and the other. It's like, you have not seen that from Jared the guy. Parker that didn't hired. have that. Yeah, like, he wasn't. Yeah. I would say 70% of what he laid out did not occur with the guy that he picked. Right. I, I, it just, it didn't, which I was very surprised when that's the way he decided to lay it out. Right. We're going to do a national search. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I wanted this and I wanted that. I was like, well, you didn't get that. You didn't. You didn't see this. You didn't get that. Yeah, it was right. national. And by his own admission, up. he only interviewed two other guys. You know, yeah. like and again, he talked about all these criteria with experience mm-hmm. and seeing it on film, seeing the offense, seeing the vision of whoever this coordinator was going to be on film. He only interviewed two guys, and then he ends up bringing Jared Parker, who had, you know, basic basically partial credit for his experience back at his time at West Virginia. So it just like. <laughs> None of it really seemed to match up. The only thing that matched up was like the pro style. You know, he wanted someone who's going to run a pro style sure. offense, and he got that with Jared Parker. But other than that, right, it didn't seem to match very much. 
And, and Ted is correct. He also used the word vision, which means the future, not the past. I get that. But he also said he wanted to see it on film. Right. Jared Parker doesn't yeah, have vision his Vision is more an intangible kind right. of thing. You can't see it yet. And to Jared Parker's credit, he sold his vision to Marcus Freeman in the interview. Okay? I get that. And, you know, Marcus Freeman said on more than one occasion before it was halfway over, he knew that that was going to be his guy. But he, you know, kept going and all of that. And that that that's fine. But he didn't check the boxes that he claimed he was looking for. And that was, if that's the case, okay, I get it based on the way the process went down. But don't tell me that that was your criteria then with the guy that you picked. Like, it, it just felt like it, it, he was probably speaking genuinely. And that's probably what was on his list when he was going through this, you know, the first time, the second time, whatever. But that's just not the way it ended up. And so I probably would have phrased it differently if I was him. But uh, it was an interesting way to go about it. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree. And so given Parker's lack of inexperience, you know, that kind of plays into this as well. Given that Marcus Freeman laid out all these criteria, you know, from a play calling standpoint, Parker was the least experienced of the three candidates. He's he. And all these other things that we're talking about. It's just not, you know, it's it's not there. The biggest thing that he had for him is obviously his enthusiasm, his knowledge, very sharp. And again, he's very detailed in, in all of his thought processes that we were able to hear today. But he lacks the experience. So here's where Marcus Freeman responded when he was asked how Parker got past that inexperience and was still able to end up with the job. With with the interview, and he's called plays. He was a coordinator, obviously, at West Virginia for a couple of years and actually called it for a certain amount of games. And, you know, his ability to really say, hey, here's how I would implement our system as a, as a coordinator. Here's how I would implement my system as the offensive coordinator. Here's where I believe we are as an offense. And here's the vision for how it will enhance. And that to, to clearly really display that and to get that conveyed over to myself and the offensive staff um, is really what it took, you know, and, and there's a lot of people out there that can, um, that have had success and maybe not in the type of offense that I want to run here at Notre Dame, but to have somebody that can really understand where we're at, you know, to help our guys with the learning curve and understand and, and really convey how we'll improve is, is really why I chose them. So what do you think, Vince? I, Go ahead and pull up some of those ones that we just starred because I think that goes along yeah. with I'm gonna, this comment. I'm going to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll go I'm, ahead. Let me let me kind of – these first couple are going to kind of go together. I think Keith says Parker is who the administration wanted. And Joe said you're just never going to convince me that he picked Parker so he could have someone he trusts and who he can have input on what the offense looks like. In the end, he had to tow the company line. So that's not true, uh, Joe. And with all due respect, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just telling you how it was, right? Marcus Freeman tried to do with a national hire, just like he said. He he looked at offenses that were successful and that could translate over to Notre Dame. That's why he interviewed Klein from Kansas State. That's why he interviewed Ludwig from Utah. No doubt about it. Those were the big splash hires that he tried to go after. When they didn't work out, and we know why they didn't work out. When they didn't work out, he's like, screw this. It's clearly not It's not going to work out, okay? He's like, I'm going to go with my guy, the guy that I trust, 
the guy that I've known for over a decade, the guy that I've had intimate conversations with about what an offense will look like. Cause I can tell you right now, and Sean, you can echo this to me. You know, you can echo this because you've been a coach. Those kind of conversations mean something when you're just sitting around, you know, if you're on a on the road and you're just talking over a meal and you're talking about what your offense could look like or what your passion is or what your thoughts are for what an offense or a defense or, uh, you know, right. A pitching attack or philosophy yeah, like or whatever. These guys used to drive to work every day when I'm they saying. were coaching together at, at Purdue. Like, there's so something like, to be there's said. There's a lot of that. conversations that are going on in that car, or, or you know, correct. Going back and forth. And when he realized that he wasn't, you can look at it however you want. If you want to look at it as he didn't get the support that he was looking for, if you want to look at it, you know, that they didn't want to pay the money, however you want to sell it. Okay. However you want to go about it, how whatever you want to believe, that's fine. But at the end of the day, when it when when nut cutting time came to fruition, he's like, I'm done doing the national search. I know who this guy is. He's always been there for me. He has always had my back. I trust him. I've known him for over 10 years. I trust his football IQ. I trust him as a coach. I trust him as a teacher. He fits. I'm going with this guy. And Parker yeah. backed that up when he you know you have a much much deeper sense and much deeper feel for what this guy is all about than just spending a few hours, you know, even if it's like a 16 hour day or a 12 hour day on a Saturday that culminates in a hockey game with whoever it happens to be, you're going to know a lot more about this guy. And right along those lines, again, I get everyone's skepticism because there is so much contradictory reporting Mm -hmm. and all this. And we're going to get, you know, to some of the buyout stuff in rapid fire in a little bit, but from the indications we got, Based on somebody we you know we talked to, Marcus Freeman was very high on Jared Parker from the beginning. This is a name that came up in the initial list that we had, you know, that, that Brian put up on uh, on the Champions Lounge, you know, on the boards in there. And I think, I think he, I think he really, he again, he was high on this guy from the beginning. I think he really wanted to hire him, but. Probably because of the lack of inexperience, he was he didn't probably didn't think he was going to you know be able to get around that. So he interviews sure. guys with more experience, was obviously ready to hire one. Things went the other way for whatever reason. So then he goes back to to Jared Parker, sits down with him, and you know, boom, as as Marcus Freeman said, they got like halfway through the interview, and he's like, This is sure. this is the guy for the job. Now, how much of that is confirmation bias based on all the pre-existing information he had? I don't know, but at the same time, he knows a lot more about Jared Parker than virtually, you know, probably 95% of anyone else he was going to talk to in any of this. And look, I've put together staffs. You've put together staffs. Trust goes a long way. It just does. Because when you're not in the room, you can trust that your vision, that your, whatever you're preaching is going to be echoed. That goes a long way, man. I'm telling you, it goes a long stinking way. And I think Marcus Freeman went about this search the right way. He went out and tried to get those national guys, those big splash guys. I think that's awesome. I think he did the right thing. But when it didn't work out for the myriad of reasons that we've discussed, he went with the guy that he knew would echo his vision. 
And I have no problem with that. And uh, there was uh, somebody, let me go to the star. Well, Joe, Joe just put up a super chat. He said, I think I may have mistyped my, and thanks for the super chat, by the way, Joe said he may have mistyped his initial comment. I believe strongly he hired Parker because of the trust factor, especially taking into account everything. Yeah, that's, I absolutely agree agree with that. that. Completely agree with that. And there was another one that says uh, Irish Town says it's fair, but it's disappointing for the fan base. Guess who Marcus Freeman doesn't answer to? The fan base. I mean, yeah. We Sorry. found out today who Marcus Freeman. I mean, as if oh, we yeah. didn't know before, we know who Marcus Freeman answers to. Yes, right? we do. I yes, mean, we do. There's no doubt who Marcus Freeman answers to at this right. point. Yes, again, we get to that in rapid fire. But he, he, yeah. you're 100 correct, Sean. We know who he answers to, and at the end of the day, he's a man of principle, I believe. Right, and I think that he, if he's going to go down, he's going to go down doing it his way. And I have, I, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that. So I think Jared Parker's going to do a good job at the end of the day. I do. And based on the, based on, he won the press conference. He said all the things I wanted to hear him say. Marcus Freeman didn't say all the things I wanted to hear him say, but Jared Parker said all the things I wanted to hear him say. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing if we're talking about the offense. So I think it's a win. We'll see how it goes. There's still a lot of questions, man. A lot of question marks. I probably went in a little bit more skeptical just based on the things that we're talking about with the, you know, the relationship that they had and the, you know, we'll get to the hiring your buddy and all that kind of stuff here in a little. I came out feeling a lot better listening to the guy talk. But again, there's a lot of guys who have stood up on the podium on day one and sounded really good. And that didn't necessarily translate to the field. And I'm not trying to be Danny Downer about the thing. I just, I'd, I'd like to see something considering this is going to be the first full-fledged offense that Jared Parker ever gets to build. And it's going to be on a full stage in front of everyone, you know, at Notre Dame. Yeah. And like you, you combine that with a defensive coordinator who hadn't been a defensive coordinator in what was it? 16, yeah, 15, 16 years or, or whatever, coming back from the NFL, you've got relative inexperience. I mean, you've got, Pretty good amount of inexperience from the head coach to both coordinators in in terms of holding those roles yeah. right now. So there's there's a lot on there's a lot on this guy and there's and that indirectly puts a lot on Marcus Freeman as well, sure, because he's well, responsible for making this call and the way he has put together his staff overall. It's guys he has a connection with. It's guys that he has a previous relationship with. Okay. I mean, and somebody said it's buddy ball. No, it's not buddy ball. There, there's a difference between hiring your buddy, even though they're unqualified for the job, and hiring somebody that you have a connection with that is qualified for the job. Can anybody here with a good conscience say that Mike Mickens isn't a great corners coach? No, they have a connection. Is it buddy ball, right? I mean, Brian go Mason. down the line, right? Yeah, Brian Mason. Good example. Uh, uh, the the new quarterbacks coach. Well, yeah, he's got a great track record. Go ahead, Deguli. There you go. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? I think so. Gadouli. No, Deguli. It, it's is it is it yep. G and then D? Gadouli, right? Gadouli. There you Gadouli. go. Gadouli. Hey, I thought I had it nailed this time. Gadouli. You know, Brian brought up another good one. Chad Bowden, who's done a yeah. really good job. You Absolutely. know, Absolutely. Good call. A recruiting over there that you know had a relationship with them as well you know so it's not it's the the difference is 
we talked about this when we when when I had the reporter on talking about the NBC contract and, and we were talking about you know who should be the analyst and, and all that kind of stuff. It shouldn't matter what your connection is as long as you're qualified for the job. You know, and like if you like apply that to Jack Collinsworth, who we've talked about a lot here. He had a connection to a dad who was really connected and who had been around big name on NBC, not qualified for the job. Right. Like compare that to another guy we've talked about, Noah Eagle, Ian Eagle's son, who's going to be doing those Saturday night NBC games. He has a connection, but he's also very qualified for the job. And again, I realize a lot of people don't have a lot of experience with him yet. So maybe that's not a great analogy because you have nothing to compare it to. But as I've said before, like the difference in them is night and day. So it's one thing to have a connection, but as long as you are actually qualified for the job, that connection. Because what do we always say? I mean, what does everyone say? It's not what you know, it's who you know, right? I mean, and that's in every profession. But as right? long as I mean, you're qualified for the job, especially on a big stage like yeah, this, that's really right. all that matters. And they think that he's qualified for the job. Right. And, I, and I think he's qualified for the job. The proof's going to be in the pudding, though, right? I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a standalone offensive coordinator at West Virginia. He was a co-offensive coordinator, I believe, at Purdue, and then was the interim head coach, which is uh, is is very interesting, you know, juxtaposition with Marcus Freeman because he was under him, and now you know that's a very interesting dynamic, right? But again, they've had all these years of talking about the future and what it's going to be like if they were ever on the same staff together and one was a coordinator and one was the head coach. Like this is something that they've been building for, for a decade. You know what? Let's give it a shot, right? Give it a shot. You got a, a greatly talented offensive roster. You can accomplish whatever it is you want to do it. If you do it the right way, let's see if he does it the right way. Yeah. I just, I, I, I had it on the tip of my, tongue here a second ago jaguli 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 i've got to remember that jaguli it's jaguli i thought it was jaguli i thought well whatever we'll figure it out <laughs> hold on is it gadu or dugu yes it, it starts with a g gino gaduli gaduli yes it's good it's just there's all those vowels in the middle the middle there yeah just and, ga, it, you know, and, and the extra dooley. g and yeah it, it like <laughs> it's like Dabo Sweeney. Like it doesn't look like Sweeney. You know what I mean? Like right. It you just got to know that it's Sweeney. Like this is Gaduli. Gaduli. Hey. Got to give me a cannoli from hey, Gaduli. Come on. Yeah, hey, come on Gaduli. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> and you know that they're high on him by the way cuz they brought him up in this press conference without bringing his name up. That's true. What a great tactician he is at the quarterback position. So like Anybody out there that's worried about bringing the quarterbacks along should just let that one go because this guy has the track record. Yeah. Well, and I guess the next question now that we're going to hear Marcus Freeman respond to is whose offense is it anyway? Because again, we've like heard, you know, like is basically is Jared Parker Still going to be running a Tommy Reese offense? Is he going to be implementing his own offense? Is it kind of some combination yeah. of the two? So here's Marcus Freeman's response. Not hiring Jared Parker to run Tommy Reese or anybody else's offense. I'm hiring Jared Parker to implement his offense. The ability for him to clearly explain to me where we're at as an offense, because it's all about teaching progression. 
right? You bring somebody in here that wants to start from ground zero and label things differently. Now it takes time for our kids to learn what they want. So the ability for him to say, here's what our kids know. Here's exactly what they know. Here's what they understand. Here's how we can enhance and progress. That's why I hired him. So there you go. What do you think this means, Vince? Do you, do you think that it, are we going to see a drastic change from what we've seen under Tommy Reese the last three years? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think the naked eye will not see a drastic change, right? I don't think they're going to be going five wide and, and going crazy. Pro-style offense. You know, yeah. it's going to be a pro-style. Pro-style looks very similar, right? I think there's going to be some tweaks. I w- you know what I really wanted him to say, which he obviously, you know, did not say. But what I was really hoping he was going to say was like, let's take Chris Tyree, for example. Some of you have forgotten about Chris Tyree. He's going to be an integral part in this offense. You know, like – that's what I wanted to hear. Obviously, he's not going to say something like that, but like that's yeah. the kind of thing I wanted to hear. Because I'd like run, to hear it. Yeah, I know, exactly. right? You you can run a pro style offense that attacks different ways, right? And he talked about that. He talked about attacking with different hats in the box. And if they're gonna if if we're outnumbered in the box, and then you're gonna go I have to go ahead and do something else. Which see, and I liked back. hearing that. Like yes. that, my ears perked up when I heard that because that's yes. stuff we talked about. And again, like. If you look at like an, and I'm not saying that, you know, like they're going to run Andy Reid's offense, but what stood out in the second half of the Super Bowl with, with the Chiefs and the Eagles, that offense, that Chiefs offense schemed guys open based on alignments, using motion and some misdirection, just doing some simple little things to get guys open and score points. And by the way, just like Notre Dame last year, Who's the Chiefs' number one target? It's a tight end. The tight end scored a touchdown on their first possession. He didn't score you know, another touchdown after that. He got a few more balls. They had a hard time finding him in the second half. What did Patrick Mahomes do? He found the open guy. He didn't right. force passes to Travis Kelsey. You know, like that's that's yes. growth in the offense that's right. that I think is easily attainable by whoever the coordinator is. And that's the point that he was making. It's like, look, if we're outnumbered in the box, we don't need the perfect play. We need to have an adaptation to the play that's already in, right? And that's what you can do by simplifying and making sure the guys understand the fundamentals. You walk up to the line of scrimmage and you see, oh, we're outnumbered. I got to go outside. I mean, plain and simple. And everybody else on the offense knows that too, right? Not just bang your head against the wall and run into a loaded box where you don't have the numbers and, you hope for something special to happen, right? So that part got me excited because that's just simple X and O's type stuff. 
It's not, we got to be in the perfect place. So we're going to scan and we're going to count and the, the coaches are going to do all the work and we're going to try to get ourselves into the perfect play. And sometimes it didn't work. A lot of times it didn't work, right? And so I like the fact that he brought that out to us as the media. And he's like, okay, hats in the box. What are we going to do? Da, 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 da. That was that was music to my ears, Sean. Like, I was really happy to hear that. <laughs> Another super chat from Joe. And thanks again, Joe. He picked him because he trusts him and he can have input in how the offense will look, which is something he apparently didn't have with Reese. Notice the phrase, quote, how I, keyword, want the offense to look. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I mean, I, I truly believe, I mean, we all know Tommy Reese was hired first. Now, I also believe that he would have hired Tommy Reese to be his offensive coordinator. I do believe that, but it just would have yeah, been. Yeah, I mean, as long different... as Tommy Reese wanted to stay, there was sure. there was no downside Absolutely. to Marcus Freeman keeping the offensive coordinator. Again, he wanted as much staff cohesion as he yes. could have. Absolutely. And, but I still think the dynamic would have been different, right? right for sure. It's, a, it's different when yeah. Tommy Reese hires brought in first. In, yeah, that's right. Exactly. I, and I never really thought about that before today. Whereas that dynamic would have been different if Marcus Freeman got to interview Tommy and see if he wanted to be a part of his staff, as opposed to, Hey, congratulations. You're going to be the head football coach. We already hired Tommy like that. It's just a different dynamic. And so, yeah, I do believe that Tommy had more say in what the offense looked like. I believe that Tommy had more say in what the personnel on the field looked like. Now I think Marcus took a little bit more control as the year went on. Most notably, post Stanford right but that didn't start it didn't start out that way part of that's Marcus's fault part of that is Jack's fault for the way the hiring was done Mm -hmm. you know you can tell Tommy hey hang tight there's a good chance you're going to stay on the staff we've got to get the head coach thing figured out first you know what I mean and that's not the way it went down so yeah decaf 18 the question that should have been asked is if the offense is going to be as predictable as it has been the last three seasons um, I don't know what kind of answer you would expect from that if that had yeah. actually been asked. He the way and, he didn't throw the West Virginia coaches under the bus would be exactly how that would have been answered. He's like, well, I'm not really going to go into that, or you know, he's not. Now he right. probably would have said it that way too. He'd be like, well, I'm not really going to go into that because look, those guys are some X's and O's guys. They know what was predictable and what wasn't. Uh, yes, Jason, I was there for the press conference today. Got a couple questions in with uh, yeah, Jared, Jared Parker. And you'll hear those responses on tomorrow's show. How about that? I was, I was waiting for you to take it over. I was ready. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have any questions for Marcus. Tough, man. That mar- that microphone starts moving around, you know. I bet. It got a little... It got- it got a little deep a couple times. And my, my head was really still kind of spinning after the initial, what we're going to get into here in a little bit. We'll get to that. I do want to respond to Keith here real quick. Okay. They brought in three people for interviews. That doesn't mean they were the only candidates. And I think that that's an important thing Yeah, I mean, to, they talked you know, to other people. That You know, they right. talked, they talked to, other to a people. ton of people. They just didn't bring, they only just, you know, they, they just brought two in you know, two outside candidates in for, you know, formal on-campus interviews. They, they did talk to more than just the two people. So I hope we didn't give that impression earlier. Right. And that's how, if anybody's ever done hiring, that's how it works. You talk to people on the phone, then you decide how many people you actually want to bring in for an in-person interview. 
you know, that kind of a thing. I was so, going to say, like, I've been up for jobs in the past and, you know, it, it kind of, you know, it's, it's a little different based on industry, but it started off like whoever the hiring person was did a, a phone and or zoom, you know, type thing with them. And then, you know, they're doing that with, with everybody in the, in the initial pool. And then it goes on to, okay, now we're going to add this next layer, you know, like someone you would be working with and, or, you know, some other higher up. And then it gets to, you know, you add another higher up. And then eventually, as you get through these rounds of the process, then, you know, if you're someone that they're actually seriously considering, they bring you in. Right. You know, had that happen before, you know, so oh, it's yeah. like, that's you've been flown across the country for job interviews. That's right. You're that guy. <laughs> you're that guy. Just Yet so. here I am talking to you. Well, I'm sorry for your luck on that one. <laughs> but I'm thankful for that. <laughs> We're having a lot more fun doing this. Thing. I was real nervous, by the way, not to go off on a tangent that you were going to get that other job or that it was uh -huh. going to work out. And I was not happy about that at all. <laughs> I could tell you were trying to be supportive at the of time. Of course. But in the back of your mind, you're going, you need to stay here. <laughs> I want I want my friend to move across the country. Like that's not cool. I mean, I was super happy for you because I know it was a dream job of sorts at the time, but I didn't want you to move. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a quick. You didn't, you didn't want me to stay enough to buy me a beer, Vince. I mean, let's just, <laughs> just call it like it is. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I need to buy my own kids that kind of stuff. That's right. Uh, I would hope you're not well, buying your kids that. I mean, like, I don't like to buy them anything. Um, Jason Smith wants, he asked you if you were there. You said, yes. He said he wants to know if coach Marcus Freeman was uncomfortable there as it seemed on camera. I felt like his level of discomfort came during the first question we're going to address to start <laughs> off rapid fire. I, I agree. So I'll save it with that. I'll save my thoughts on that for that. No, I'm not trying to push it off. I did feel like, I did feel like, yes, there was some. There was some discomfort level there. And I, I have my thoughts on that as well, as far as okay. why that is. So that'll be okay. fun. Last one before rapid fire, though, the buddy system, you know, because, mm -hmm. again, we've talked about, you know, the whole 10-year relationship. And, you know, he was asked, basically, how the trust that he's built up with Parker over that 10 years plays into this decision to hire him. Hiring a buddy. You know, let's let's make sure we're very clear because I've known him for a long time um, that ha I had a comfort level with who he is as a person, because that's important to me that you treat our kids the right way. You treat them with respect. You love them. Um, but you're hiring a guy to run the offense and to have a dang good offense. And um, at the end of the day, I have a strong belief that we will under his direction. So we've kind great. of addressed some of this yeah. already, but any other thoughts on that? Well, it's a great answer, first of all. I mean, it's the answer I would have anticipated that he would give, right? I mean, but there's a fine line between buddy and trust, right? I, I think I, th I really do think that there is a fine line with that. Uh, there, there are people that I've coached with in the past who I wouldn't, like, to use your example, I wouldn't go out and have a beer with them, but I would trust them on my coaching staff. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there, there is now, a fine a line with that a great example because we've talked about other guys where like maybe you know maybe you might not want to just hire your beer buddies you know right. so your drinking yeah. buddies to be on your staff you know maybe you might want to look a little bit deeper <laughs> and make sure you've got the right qualified guys correct I, I mean i i definitely had people on my staff in the past where 
I got along with them just great, but I wouldn't consider them like I'm going to go out and drink with them or I'm going to go out and have dinner with them. But when yeah. we're in the same dugout or on the same sideline, it works out really, really well because right. we're on the same wavelength and all that. If he, if you, if you caught Marcus Freeman, just the two of you, you know, you're in the corner, you're having a chat and you said, you know, did your relationship with Jared Parker over the last 10 years have anything to do with the reason that you hired him? Of course, his is he's going to say yes. Of course it is. Yeah. Okay. Because it did. That's why he gained that trust. That's where that came from. Now, there's also. I mean, if the they didn't know each other, he wouldn't have been on this staff to begin with. Exactly. Which means he would never have been the offensive coordinator here. It Correct. all began with the relationship that they started 10 years ago at Purdue. Correct. And so, yes, that's absolutely part of it. But there's also the, the piece of. Does he know this team? Does he know the X's and O's? Can he implement his vision for an offense? That's what the interview was for, right? It was, hey, what's your vision for this offense? Where do you see us going? How do you see us getting there? And he obviously checked the boxes that Marcus Freeman was looking for. Right. The foundation was built over the last decade. The rest of it came over the top. And frankly, I love what he was talking about because I did the same thing going through my maturation process as an assistant coach he talked about you know he would lay in bed he would come up with thoughts and he would just write them down on his phone like well he said do that all the time i was gonna say and that's like not from a coach well sometimes from a coaching standpoint you're like taking notes but but like i've talked about like when things come into my mind like for this show pull up my notes on my phone and i'm jotting them down so you know so that i have them for later you know it's there but like the whole buddy thing you know, like you and I tried to hire each other to each other's staff, you know, and one time you did hire me to yeah. your staff. But then after that, we tried, you know, like the timing didn't work mm -hmm. out, you know, for for different reasons. And, you know, let's let's be honest, when you're coaching in high school, the money's not quite the same. As yeah, when you're coaching. True. And, you know, so there's there's an obstacle that you run into, yes. you know, just from that aspect. But again, trust is an important thing. Is it the only thing? No. But you want someone who is not only going to stand in front of the team and you are confident that he is going to share your vision, mm -hmm. you know, and, and reinforce what you were saying to the team rather than, you know, maybe backhanded, you know, you know, like going against what you're saying and those kind of things, not saying it, it you know, it, it came, but those are things that you have to be assured of, you know, assured of that, that whoever is going to be on your staff is always going to be sharing your vision. Now, at the same time, they can challenge you on different things, and those relationships help you out with that as well, but they're just not going to challenge you in front of other, you know, necessarily, definitely not in front of the team or, you know, right. like other peers, whatever the setting is. I think you have a, you know, a better feel that, that there, you know, that that is going to be there as well mm -hmm. and you want them to challenge you on different yes. you know and that's kind of like something that that parker talked about with his you know the guys who are going to be on his offensive staff that you know, collaborative process and all that kind of stuff that they're going to be able to bring things yeah he, he talked about buy-in like he was in charge of the red zone offense on a staff that he was on i think it was west virginia so he had buy-in to when the red zone was good and when it was bad and that's the kind of same thing that he wants to develop on at Notre Dame is he wants those guys to have buy-in. So it's going to be a collaborative effort for sure. Now, and he said this, which I loved. He's like, the buck stops with me. When, when it comes to the offense, buck stops with me. He's like, everybody's going to have buy-in. We're all going to be there. We're all going to have our part to play. 
but the buck stops with me. And ultimately, the buck stop with Mar- stops with Marcus Freeman. And my job is to make Marcus Freeman look good. That's like, yes! That's, yes! It, it, I, I, you never would have heard that out of the previous offensive coordinator. You just right. wouldn't have. So, you know, Marcus Freeman's bringing in a guy he knows is going to see his vision, echo his vision, and be all in on the same road. Right? And I'm not trying to diss Tommy Reese. That is not my goal. But I'm just saying there's clearly more trust there with Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker than there was with Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese. Understandably so.